0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.
1: Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnets. Activists, People. educating communities, transforming communities, mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now! Friends of the Earth, Friends of the Earth, Friends of the Earth, Dirt Radio.
2: And uh well, good morning. How are you? Post-election Monday. You got the post-election Monday blues, or are you jumping for joy? I don't think anybody's jumping for joy <laughs> this morning. We're Dirt Radio. I'm John, and of course, we are sponsored by Friends of the Earth, and you can check them out on foe.org.au. And thanks to Yerabug for their show. Well, it is post-election Monday on Dirt Radio, and the results are still unclear, and they're saying it could be weeks before the final results are known. So, what kinds of questions should we be asking and what kinds of analysis should we be engaged in? Well, one question that probably all environmentalists around Australia are probably puzzling over right now is why was climate change and action on climate virtually ignored throughout this tediously long campaign by the two political parties? Our two guests on Dirt Radio this morning, I think, have been asking that very same question. And they're not just asking the question, but have been engaged in trying to put that question in, f- in the front and center of the political and making agenda. Bronwyn Plarr and Kerry lie are members of the Climate Guardian Angels, and for their efforts to raise questions in a very public way about climate change and its connection to the fossil fuel industry. They were arrested, charged with engaging in criminal activities, sent to court and warned that when it comes to protest, the strong arm of the state is the final arbiter of justice. Good morning, Kerry and Bronwyn.
1: Good morning, Joe. Hi, John. Welcome
2: to Dirt Radio. Let's start right at the beginning. The arrests were made on the 9th of February this year, 2006, in the Pilliga State Forest in northern New South Wales. Now, fill us in on the backstory. Who are the Climate Angels to start with?
0: Well, the Climate Guardians uh, Angels were started by um, Deb Hart and Liz Connor. And it was a means of using the arts, I think, as a, a means of just... Um, Protesting in a different way, in a very different way. The 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 uh, the the, gu- the climate guardians don't speak; they simply they're there. They're dressed in white. We have fabulous wings, and we just at certain events we just stand there and portend, and we're basically saying, "Look, this is what's happening." So um, yeah, so that that started. So three years ago,
1: Bronwyn?
0: Three years ago. Three years That's ago. Um, we started by opening sculpture at the sea at the lawn mm. sculpture mm. thing, with a, law, a coal requiem, and it's gone on since then.
2: And you, a lot of what you do, of course, is connected to... Climate and totally. climate policy.
0: Very much so. Yes. Anyway. Do you like
2: to refer to yourselves as the as the climate guardians or the climate guardian angels?
1: Climate guardians. I, I think, think that's yeah. the way it's been ref- being yes. referred to now, mm. isn't it? Yes. It, it gets lots of names, but the 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 guardian angels. But yes, the climate guardians. And um, I, I love our little motto, which is climate justice.
2: Mm. It's, mm. Mm.
1: Mm.
2: Now, tell us why. Again, just part of the backstory. How did you the climate? guardians end up at the Pilliga State Forest?
1: Oh, look, um, I'm going to hand back okay. to Kerry just to, um, so that she can give us a bit of background on the the art side of um, the Climate Guardians. Well,
0: at the time, um, the Climate Guardians were asked by the sculptor Janet Lawrence, who is having a big exhibition in Sydney on, on water, the H2O bar in Sydney, if we'd go up and be part of that. And just prior to our leaving... Um, we heard that um, somebody at the Pillager Forest had been arrested and pepper sprayed while she was locked on to a piece of machinery. And I think we all felt this is worth a diversion, and particularly because um, people at the Pillager have been protesting for so long. And it's really helpful, I think, for people who live elsewhere to go in and give them a a bit of encouragement, a bit of a break. So we decided to go there um, and just do... a. A day long or a morning long protest,
2: and the and the it was a it's been a a, as as you say it's been a long protest. It's Mm. to do with Santos, the the mining company, going into the forest and opening up some many, not just some many many, coal seam gas wells that's in that correct. forest.
0: Yes. Yes. Indeed. Right and, over the artesian base. I mean, you know, it's very very significant.
2: And yes, tell us a little bit about, about that. Can you uh,
0: Yep, I can tell you. I mean, I, as you say it's been going on a long while and Santos has been I mean, I think their behavior has been really I, I don't know if I can go into a great deal of detail no, here just because mm. <laughs> I'm just sort of gone blank. Bronny, you probably could.
1: Yes, as to, as to why as as to why Personally, I jumped at the chance to um, <clears throat> to demonstrate at the Piliger. Um and that's. I mean, I, I've I've done other um, uh, demonstrations here in Melbourne, but nothing that's um, that's actually led to an arrest. And I thought hmm, this is the time. I think I could actually get arrested. And the reasons were that um, it, the the um, I think one of the major reasons for me was that um, Santos are. Uh, First of all, there are eight hundred and fifty gas wells. That's what they have a licence to mine a coal seam gas and it's fracking. Um, but before they and they actually want to sell, I believe these mines, um, they don't want to operate them. But in order to have them sold, uh, they need this water treatment plant up and running. Uh, the water treatment plant does not have environmental um, go ahead. Mm. Uh, So it's uh, under a legal challenge at the moment. Um, It's a valuable recharge uh, area for the Great Artesian Basin and therefore has implications for the farming land far and wide Mm. in New South Wales. Mm.
2: That's interesting what you're saying is that uh, Santos is not actually going to – they're going to sell it on. Yeah. So it's not not even their – it's not their thing. Yeah. It's – purely a kind of transaction which is going on
1: it's business look i it's wanted
2: to business. this is radio and because we're talking about your um, the part of the blockade and what you did during there the action that you did give give us a little picture of 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 the environment i'm trying to get a sense of you know we're talking about it as a forest what does it look like on the day when you were there what 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 actually how did it look
0: well, actually, it was interesting because we weren't right down at the gate of Santos. We were on a road leading to the Santos site, and our whole idea was to stop um, Santos workers going through. So we arrived very early. We arrived about I don't know what time did we get up. Four. We arrived at four, four, four thirty, something like four that. So five. it was still dark, <laughs> yeah. and we and so it was just on this road, and the the forest is either side, and it's sort of sparse, beautiful. Forest, isn't it? I mean, I don't know how you describe it. It's not a sort of sclerophyll one.
1: It's sclerophyll. it it is. It's a dry sclerophyll forest. Well, I don't know about dry. I don't know what the rainfall is there. Um, It is the largest intact piece of um, virgin forest up in in the eastern seaboard of Australia. Um, It's not spectacular, Mm. but it Mm. is intact, Mm. and I would say, you know, relatively healthy still, and quite
2: diverse and the drilling that was going to take place is actually in the forest yes okay so that was they were given license yes okay so what so just again just give us a visual visual picture because i've i've seen the images of you standing there across the road so what what so give us a visual kind of image of what's happening and how the the people from Santos arrive and so on.
0: It was pretty spectacular, I think, because it was that pre-dawn. So we had a couple of cars behind us with lights and the moon was still up and we were across the road in these, the, the Climate Guardians were, as I described earlier, white, we're all in white. We have wreaths on our heads and we had these huge wings and we were holding the red banner. Across us, so we were standing across the road with this red banner in front of us, which was carried in Paris on their marches during yes during the the Cop twenty one, yeah, So, so it had a real significance. And the idea, so the idea was that as as cars came through, and there weren't that many, I must say, um, mm-hmm. as the workers came through, we just said, no, you can't pass.
2: And this, and so you got there around four thirty or correct. whatever. When did the cars start to arrive? Was it, was it fairly shortly after, or we um, we were
1: we were very well treated with um, tea. We got ourselves dressed. Um, the the Piliger Push camp treated you know oh, they were very well prepared. Yes. So yes. we had morning morning okay. tea, The, et po- the,
0: the first guy, and, uh, person who arrived, was a guard, wasn't
1: it? Was yes. So um, the security it was a security person who came yeah. first, uh, and after a little bit of discussion. With Pilger Camp and ourselves, we decided that they should be let through. That the only people that we really did want to to block were Santos workers. Mm, okay. So it was a bit. It was certainly daylight by the time they came through. Yeah, right. And
2: they
0: were relieving the night crew. So
2: let's let's push on with the story. Mm. So <coughs> there's a point at which you're starting to get the police come, and you're going to be arrested. What what mm. unfolded at that point?
1: If I can um, – I'll just go back a little bit. There were mm-hmm. seven angels. We like to have seven representing the seven continents. There were four uh, angels who'd acted as angels before. Um, one of them, our archangel, Deb Hart. Uh, there was Carrie, myself, um, June Norman, and uh, three other people from the camp. Um, of those seven, um, five decided that they would – uh, be in an arrestable position. The other two decided to step back, uh, given that they had had um, priors or were on good behaviour mm. mm. for, for other reasons.
0: Yeah. When when the Santos vehicle arrived, I mean there was probably one main vehicle that tried to come through, and we stopped it, and he then contacted. The police right. in Arubay, right? And um, did the police arrive with a, um, a Santos logo on their car? I sort of remember that there might
1: be. I know there has been a picture of this very Santos logo on a police car, which is fascinating. I'm not sure whether that actually happened on the day.
2: Really. Hmm. that was an issue. That's an issue as well, isn't it? That well, sucks. Sounds- so. Yeah, yeah, very important.
1: And there has been discussion about. Um, uh, the, the road, we thought it was a private road. It is apparently a public road. It was private land. It is now a public road, um, but only Santos vehicles and yeah. uh, protesters use that yeah. road. So, mm-hmm.
2: Look, I think what <laughs> you're ra- you're raising, a very interesting and important issue, and I think this is partly why I really wanted to talk to you first of all the the thing that you're saying is that what what's happening in a sense is public property and also public utilities like the police in a sense become arms of the corporate sector so so mm. so the public the what what we think of as a public sphere ends up becoming appropriated by the mm. the pri- private sphere
0: i think there's some truth in that and i think actually the police up there are absolutely fed up Suit of, you know of having to when we when we passed the arrest yes. points and when we were in the station, then we had many conversations, and it was quite useful actually i think um and, and the the police sergeant said look i 'm sick of my officers having to come out to these things when i 've got a community that is suffering in these ways, so it was very interesting that they see you know that they continue to have to do that rather than policing that is so
2: they they themselves were aware of how they were being appropriated or being kind of corralled into... I think that's the, true, the, yes. a private, ...private interests. Mm. Uh, th- I mean, this to me is an extremely important issue, not just in relation to the environment movement, but there's a mm. whole range of things that I think, in Australia and elsewhere, where where the, the public sphere, what we think of as a public uh, civil society, essentially, is being t- Co- taken, co-opted, yes... Look, I thought maybe we might take a break. This is—I'm uh, not sure if this is an appropriate place or not—but I thought we might play a track. Bronwyn, you wanted to say something.
1: I, I just wonder whether um, on that on that note of um, of the the um, uh, what do you call it? I don't know, a sort of a grating between um, activists and police. Um, it's very different up in the Pilliga where we were um, in private. There were, there was no public nearby. It was only us as opposed to when we've portended here in Melbourne. Mm. Um, it's been on the streets of the CBD mostly uh, and we haven't really gone close to being arrested. But in the Pilliga we realised that it was a different atmosphere and there certainly was... I'll use that word grating, between police and activists uh, like we'd not experienced before. It was a learning experience for me. It was only when we got behind the scenes and talked to the police. And we were arrested by a young female officer who we got the impression it was her one of her initial times. It was sort of like an initiation for her. Right. Um, she was nervous but officious, you know, m- mixing between the two, and we really felt for her. And, and thanks to our spokesperson Deb, who said, uh, "We we feel for you. We know that you didn't sign up to the police force in order to carry out this mm. this sort of work. You want to be arresting real, <laughs> <laughs> the real, real crims, the real crims, not That's a, right.
2: not not as ordinary folk." Yeah. Yeah. That, so look, that's we, a really, that's a, again, a really important point I think you're making, yeah. which is that, you know, it is, it clearly is a conflict of roles mm-hmm. and it creates stress in the people that are involved. Not, I mean, not just for you as the blockaders, but in fact for the people who, who have to kind of carry out the legal requirements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got the climate guardian angels, the climate guardians here, Bronwyn and, Carry and they were up at the Pilger Forest in February getting arrested. I just wanted to ask you, and they were on a blockade uh, trying to prevent Santos workers from from drilling 850 coal seam gas wells. I wanted to ask you both because you look pretty respectable people. <laughs> uh, had you ever been arrested before?
0: By fortune, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we've always felt i'm 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 sure i've i've always felt a very law-abiding citizen really
2: okay so what's what what pushed you to the point where you were putting yourself on the line like that
0: well i just think what you were saying at the the head of the program you know how little this is discussed how how little the whole sort of environmental issues that exist in us in the whole world today and when you've got children and grandchildren as i have um you go this is crazy. The world they're going to inherit is just going to be so unthinkably awful. And and I, the other thing, I think, is when you get to my age, which is close to 70, you think, I've got nothing to lose. I have nothing to lose. I have no job. I don't have, you know. So we're in a very fortunate position, and that's what Bill McKibben said about older people. It's our role yes. now
1: is to yes. do things.
2: Yeah, yeah, you get got the freedom to do it. Yeah. Bronwyn, what were you going to say? You've, yeah. got a, you've got a statement which you I, want to...
1: Yeah, I, look, I have. Yeah. I just... Um, I, I'm right with Carrie. Um, I think that um, retired people... Um, I'm a mum. I'm not yet a grandma, but that's only because I had kids very late. Um, in the 80s, late 80s, I um, retrained as a horticulturalist and learned about climate change. Um, and I've got here a statement that I wanted to read out in court. We didn't get a chance to. Sure. Um. Uh, And and so I'll read it. Um, Having been made aware of global warming since the late 1980s, I've become increasingly frustrated and angry about the appalling lack of truth about this existential crisis in all spheres of public discourse and consequently at the disconnect between the laws that I broke as I protested at the Pilliger and the laws of physics that say that Australian coal and coal seam gas not yet mined must stay in the ground in order to protect those younger than me.
2: Very fine, very fine, and uh, yeah, and you didn't get a chance to write, read that out in court.
1: Well, the judge did a lot of scanning whilst he was listening to our wonderful um, barrister solicitor from the mm. environmental defence mm. defenders' office, New South, South Wales. Absolutely fantastic, having funds withdrawn from them left, right, and centre. Mm. Um. And uh, what he did actually was um, he, he gave us some good advice. Um, he started off by saying that uh, the actions we took could have gotten us imprisoned for two years. Now, I think that is under the new, more draconian laws in New South Wales. Um, but he, he did say this will not happen uh, mm. today, Thank you very much. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Judge. <laughs>
1: um, and and we ended up with uh those of us who actually committed the criminal offence of resisting arrest uh were put on a twelve month good, good behaviour bond in New South Wales, which was a really good outcome. So right. we we're very pleased with that.
2: Look, we've uh unfortunately we're running we're really running out of time very quickly. Let's finish by just asking what what's your prognosis? Are, are you gonna? Uh, are the Climate Angels? Are you yourselves having gone through all this? Are you still committed? Are you are you prepared to do these kinds of things?
1: Too bloody
0: right. Well, yes, we've done them <laughs> since. I think not. Maybe we haven't been arrested since, but we've certainly taken actions, small actions, at like Josh Friedenberg's office, or so you know. that and the Climate Guardians are spreading now. Yes. I do want to talk about Keep Our Promise. Have Quit we got time being, yes, for that? Quick, quick, I'm quick, sorry to be so gossipy. No, no, go um, <laughs> um The Climate Guardians have got, uh, took children's letters and pictures to Paris and um, that were given to um, politicians and so on. We now have a Twitter thing called Keep Your Promise, which is sent daily to all various politicians throughout Australia to remind them to please keep their promise that we made at the Paris Climate yes.
2: Talks. And we can put that information on our website and the podcast and that stuff will be available. I know about that that campaign as well. Look, I want to thank you both for coming in. And really, we could have spent a lot longer talking about there's so much to talk about and trying to connect what you've been doing to the election, Mm -hmm. to the fact that climate change hasn't been talked about. But very much appreciate your time and keep up your good work. And uh, talking there with Bronwyn Plower and Kerry Carrie Carrie Lye. Thank you. And uh, there are two climate guardians talking about their involvement in a blockade in the Pilliga Forest against the Santos mining that's taking place there. We're Dirt Radio. We've got to get right out of here.